0: Hey, uh, just a brief programming note. Uh, we intended to do an episode-by-episode episode breakdown of Daredevil, but we feel like it's not working as well. And we've also been looking at the traffic, and it seems like it's different from show-by-show, show, but there's a certain amount of weeks after Netflix drops it where the interest kind of peaks and then wanes, and we're, we've are we've, we we've waded hip-deep into that this week. So we're going to change the plans. We're going to finish out uh, 2.10, which I think is the next episode on Friday. Mm-hmm. And then the following Monday, after this weekend, we're going to release our coverage of all the final three episodes in one block, like we did with House of Cards, which everyone seemed to really enjoy. Yeah. And allowed us to... I think our coverage would have been a lot different if we'd have taken these things in three-episode chunks. For sure. And it would have been better. So... what I'm saying is, if you've got any last-minute thoughts about like wrap-up type stuff, because it's I'm kind of on the fence about whether we'll do a dedicated wrap-up episode. Since everyone has, except for us, seen the entire series, go ahead and watch it this or watch it this weekend if you haven't, and send in your feedback for the whole uh, season as a whole. And we'll probably consider that in a supersized Monday episode that wraps up Daredevil.
1: Yep, for episodes 11, 12, and 13. Just the yep. one big podcast, so Yep. So just wanted to mention that. Welcome to What's Cooking in Hell's Kitchen, the officially unofficial podcast for Daredevil on Netflix. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. Today we're talking about Season 2, Episode 9, entitled Seven Minutes in Heaven. This is not the seven minutes in heaven that I was familiar with. I, I was really I've looking... i played this game. That's not my version. I was
0: looking forward to seven solid minutes of someone making out yep. with Deborah Ann Wool. Instead, <laughs> I got seven minutes of punchy, punchy, stabby, stabby. Although,
1: I can't really complain. Yeah. The pretty punch, sweet. The punchy,
0: punchy, stabby, stabby is pretty good in this episode.
1: Yeah. Pretty amazing. I, uh,
0: I think I think this episode was a return to form.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I really really enjoyed this episode a lot. Uh, it, it, it surprised me too because it kind of came out of nowhere. Like yeah, yeah, we saw Fisk at the end, but I really didn't think they'd go for a whole prison episode. Pretty mm-hmm. much, um, although they did, they did quite a bit outside of prison too. I guess everybody kind of got to shine here. Yeah, uh, there it- were conversations happening that were long overdue, uh, that kind of came to a head. Just all around, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, In
0: fact, I mean, I I continue to think that when... Man, Foggy and Karen seem to be incapable of having a realistic, serious conversation. They have great chemistry when they're just fucking around or they're friends, but that still continues to bug me. But everything else
1: really just worked in this episode. Right. Right. Matt and Foggy had the realest of conversations this episode, which
0: think so. It was good. I think real so. good. Like, he, he did the whole, I want to try separation, fuck you on a divorce. <laughs> you know,
1: that's well, the way yeah. that went down. I, I mean, he's just uncompromising in who he is and what he's I going to do. It. And I I did, too. I think superheroes probably ought to be that way. Yeah, no,
0: I mean, I can understand why you would want to try. And I it would be surprising for me to see them completely ab- abandon the Trinity, right? Right, yeah. Like, he's got to find a way to have... A relationship, because I, I'm i wondering with him being completely shut out on his own, if he's going to realize that he might slip into Frank Castleland faster than if he has a support system. And maybe there's, I mean, his support system needs to go into that with their eyes wide open. Right. So all you got to do is tell Karen the truth, figure out some way to isolate the Matt Murdoch from them so there's no connection to the Daredevil, and then they can be, you know, you, you can have this crime-fighting triumphant. I hope that's what they ha- what happens.
1: Yeah, that would be cool. Um, because you, I you've think got lawyer, get, you've got the lawyer, yeah. you've got the crime fighter, and you've got the reporter. Nah, yeah. So, I, I think that's a good, good mix. Uh, and you also he loses Electra this episode as well. Not loses her, but sends her away as well. Yeah, I wonder. And I felt like killing that, people. I, I, that
0: felt a little quick. After we'll find some way to make this work. Oh, you slit a guy's throat. Okay, it's it's over. Really? Because I I felt like the betrayal like. Yeah, the, the the showing her true colors was you're pretty right. quick too. You're right. The, the the fact that like we just had this conversation where you said you're going to be good and uh-huh. then you decided not to. Now she had a pretty good argument about like, hey,
1: this was in self defense, right? And the same kind of argument we had, right? Like now the trouble's sure. coming to you. We can't let it get back to him. Yeah, like all that kind of stuff. But so. there, the, you're you're right. They're
0: they're both um, kind of uncompromising, or at least Matt is, and he's like, you, I thought it was interesting. He said we should stop corrupting each other, almost like. I'm not even going to make a moral judgment on your choice here. Okay. It might be better than mine, but
1: I'm not going to have any truck with it. Is he softening his stance after the Punisher stuff? Because <sighs> it was kind of the same thing with the Punisher. You know, I do
0: feel like that there is some kind of... Uh, that we're actually seeing the character Daredevil evolve. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think he'll ever... I don't think he'll ever kill anyone intentionally. Um, I don't know, man. That That's always interesting, because that's... So, you know, not to get all Batman and Superman on it, but, you know, there's a lot of people saying about that in- iteration of Batman and Superman. And it's like, well, you know, some of the more interesting things in Batman's history involve him killing. And I'm always like, <laughs> yeah, that's 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 true because you when you get these world Batmans that are actually killing because, you know, the Joker finally killed Robin and he snapped or, you know, whatever the, the reasons are. hmm you know, that's that's essentially something you do for the hardcore comics fan that have kind of been bored with the regular stuff. And it's like, okay, we're just going to make Batman the badass killer you've always wanted to see. But that's not... It's weird to start a franchise off of that. I kind of feel like they could maybe have Matt kill somebody. And I don't know anything about the character of Daredevil. But they could have maybe Matt kill someone as a dramatic thing in the middle. Or maybe the finale of this season. Mm-hmm. Because we're two years into it. We're ready to see... You know, it's 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 great to have a black and white philosophy. What happens if you have to break that philosophy if you're forced to?
1: Right, right. And I, it seems like this show has been carrying this theme off a little more successfully than oh, I don't know, perhaps another show we're watching currently. Sure. Uh, I, I, they really, haven't been dwelling on it quite as much. Um, and. I don't know that for well, some also, reason they take it more seriously to me. We know what it is. It's the fact that the zombie
0: apocalypse is just way more silly when you're talking about morality, ethics, and law. That's true. That, when you're that living in the real yeah. city and there's like still a functioning civil society with right. but but it's it's kind of broken too. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more shades of gray and stuff where it's like, oh yeah, you can do that, but you can't do that. If everybody did right. that, then where in the zombie apocalypse, it's kind of like it's more of just a science lab, it's just whatever the fuck you want to do, see which see which kind of Darwinistic approach works best.
1: Yeah, I, like, I, I am glad though, because um, when he put his foot down on Elektra, it really felt like the only decision his character could make. Uh, if if he kept waffling on this, I would be like, oh man, yeah, really, more of this. You see what who she is. Well, also he
0: he could get her killed. Like, uh-huh. you know, um, right? her fighting style seems to be predicated on killing fools. So, you know, if she's fighting with one of her arms behind her back, whereas his style is never included that, I, I, I feel like, you know, if you just talk about a superhero thematic thing, like, whenever the guy, like, if the Punisher fights with their devil, I feel like the Punisher's putting himself at more risk, because he's just a normal dude, and now he doesn't have guns. yeah. And, and he almost training. did get them both killed last yeah, episode. That's what I'm saying. So. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah.
1: There, there's some danger
0: there. Uh, let's talk about the kingpin because goddamn, really missed Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah, and he's a monster. Like I f- want to retract a little bit about his weak arms because <laughs> I don't know whether he bulked up his bird in arms. between the 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 cameo of last episode of this one. But holy shit, when he uh, went toe to toe
1: with the Punisher, I believed it. Yeah. Yeah, I and mean, he slams him on the table and starts beating his <laughs> well, fist on him. You kind of think that the Punisher is doing well. Like, I thought so. Yeah, yeah like,
0: I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, yeah, Frank's taking, taking him to school. Mm-hmm. Nah, nah, Fisk was just fucking with him.
1: Yeah, Fisk can take a punch and he can deal a punch. And then once he gets a hold of you, what are you going to do? Yeah. The man bids 500 pounds. Right. <laughs> uh, it's great, and I love his battle against this other kingpin, this, this Dutton guy, is that his name? mm mm-hmm. Uh, Played by William Forsyth Who is one of the great gang Like you
0: know You're going to see him in Boardwalk yeah. Empire You're going to see him in Dick fucking Tracy of <laughs> he course He's kind
1: of a sloppy gangster Like not sloppy in the ways he conducts his business But his look His look is a little sloppy to me Yeah he's he a little He always jowly. seemed a little disheveled Yeah and- sure Hair and, looks like maybe it could have been washed yesterday. Right. And, Certainly you know, this, he's, yeah. he's in prison, so I'm not going to give him too much shit in this role. But he always kind of plays that for That's me. Yeah, he's like, if
0: you want to cast a hard-boiled, badass, bad guy, yeah. you, you put William Forsythe in there and he's going to do it. Um, but they introduce a lot of things. Like, I originally thought that the Kingpin was kind of cowed. Like, I'm like, oh, man, he's going back to his little sad fat boy routine. Like, he's scared uh-huh. of his own shadow. Do you think that that was genuinely his mental state and Dutton coming up and challenging him awoke the beast? Do you think if Dutton had just laid back and been like, "Eh, I'm the kingpin, I don't need to, this guy's some tin pot dictator, that Fisk would have just
1: kept his head down and served his time? I'm not sure because there's that opening shot where he's sitting there staring at that wall, right? Which is obviously um, reminiscent of the painting that he had. And, you know, the thing with his dad. Yeah, yeah, no no kidding. That whole childhood thing. No fooling. So I don't know if that's him, like, going back into kingpin mode or if he has to wait until the guy comes in and threatens him. See, I always thought that they used that as a motif last year when he was at his weakest. He would
0: meditate on that wall. Right, and then kind of power back up. Oh, so, see, I got to... Like, that was, like, almost he goes uh, into a fugue state and he ret- like retreats himself? back into the fat little boy. Like,
1: he's... Hmm.
0: Okay. You know, the scared, chubby little boy that his dad, you know, always is disappointed in. Like, I can't... Honestly, I yeah. don't know, and I don't... It, it's not a problem I have with Dion for a, a performance. There's just a lot going on there that I can't right. fully unpack. And I'm like, was he scared? And like, okay, fine, I'm just gonna get straight, and then I'll, I might get back to Kingpin on the outside and, and, and Dutton did it to himself? Or was he just biding his time and appearing weak until he found his strength
1: Uh, i'm not sure not sure uh could have been the the line i'm the kingpin of this bitch that could have been it well that's the thing like (laughs) if dutton
0: had rolled tough on him after he met with the mortgage analyst in the lunchroom i would have been like oh yes he was just biding his time until he could get strength right since that happened immediately following dutton introducing himself that could be seen as well Fuck! I guess I gotta have to king pit up in this because mm-hmm. this guy's not gonna let well enough alone. Yeah, and what you said about him
1: never wanting to be powerless last episode, uh, never more in full effect than here. Sure, uh, he realizes this is a, a place where he is powerless, uh, and he decides to take the power back. I really like his conversation with uh, Frank that toward the beginning there, where he's, he talks about having developed an empathy towards those who suffer at the hands of the law. I don't think he's talking about mandatory sentencing or or bail posting too high Anytime like time I see a minority get right. thrown away
0: for life for a dime bag by blood boils.
1: Yeah, no, so. I something tells me he's that's not what he's on about. Uh he's more like the law is screwing people. Uh just like oh, he's the just law is not a thing he's that Escobar. I respect, I'm gonna take the law into my own hands. It's sure, it's way darker. It's a really twisted kind of sure. philosophy that's expressed in a way that you could almost understand what he, why he would think that. It, or it's or becoming more thinking.
0: clear to me that he, like you know, we had that question last episode about whether he is relatively altruistic and he wants he doesn't want any other person to be afraid like him he wants to provide through his own brutal methods and effective methods a safe society where you know people like his father can't menace families and people like himself can grow up and feel safe and secure versus mm-hmm. fuck the world i'm just never going to be victimized again it feels yeah. like more and more it's the latter yeah I'm and the it. hell's kitchen is going to be devastated under his rule rather than flourish uh-huh. which I don't know. I mean I kind of wish they would they'd find a way to shade back towards the pop, you know, the Pablo Escobar running for the Congress version of Kingpin because I okay. I mean what I'm saying is it's different in the conscious and subconscious motivation. Like it becomes it's becoming clear to me that he knows that he's doing something bad for Hell's Kitchen. I'd like for him to subconsciously you know, be acting on this need to protect himself and the people he loves from, and, and fuck the world, but consciously saying, "I'm doing this for the city."
1: Okay, yeah, I, I don't know. I, that's no, that's I what I'm looking I, for. I wonder how you express that, like I, to the audience, like subconscious versus conscious decision. Well, I mean, like just, I guess you have other characters say, "No, this is what you're doing." And he but has what I'm like, saying when he
0: lets of... when he lets the Punisher out on the city to make it bleed, right? Like he he's just letting a random loose cannon out on the streets. That implies. And 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 I feel like his speech was, when Frank is basically calling bullshit the entire time, we're supposed uh-huh. to understand that this is insincere. Okay. I think you so just do that. maybe have a way for... But I don't know how you do that, because he immediately double-crosses Frank. Right. Did, do you have a... Okay, let me ask you this. Do you have a problem <laughs> with Frank going along with this? After being uh, double-crossed and almost because killed? Because my, my immediate bit. reaction is I don't see the... Because, again, I'm a big Punisher fan, and like I don't see the Punisher working for the the Kingpin under any circumstances, but I think I've walked that back. But I'm curious about what you think.
1: Well, Frank is also working for himself. He goes into Dutton, he, he stabs him, he finds he's out... He's independent that, contractor. Right, he finds out that he's not actually the guy who orchestrated the whole thing. There's this guy named uh, Black sabbath or something what is it black uh the blacksmith blacksmith yeah <laughs> yeah
0: black it's Ozzy osborne Ozzy... he's
1: biting off bat heads and he's draining her blood in the vats what are you gonna do <laughs> there's this guy um who actually orchestrated the whole thing and was supposed to show up at the meet and then sure. didn't and when they realized he wasn't showing up they realized it was a setup there's an undercover cop there like and shit just just went off the rails uh and the massacre happened there was this funny thing. I feel thing. like Frank is now just he—he he got out of prison. He used Kingpin almost to get out of prison to go find this guy. It's a perfect situation where they both think they're using each other, right? And like you know, at the end where it's like, well,
0: if I meet you, only one of us is walking away. And Kingpin's like, I'm counting on it. Like they know uh-huh. they both think they have the upper hand, and it's going to be super interesting to see who wins.
1: Yeah, and then on the other side of that kingpin, uh, he wants the streets cleared for his sure. for his stuff when he gets it's out, gonna right? Be,
0: it's going to be that much easier for him to win his war right. if the competition continues to be swept
1: clean. So it's a win-win for both of them.
0: Yeah. Um, I do think that it came across as funny, Frank's interrogation of Dutton for a bit, when Dutton's like, the deal went south, and Frank's like, what do you mean went south? no deal went south? And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, do I have to explain a common metaphor to you? <laughs> Like, uh-huh. it went pear-shaped. There's nothing wrong with the South. What's yeah. wrong with you? That's right. <laughs> what I- do you mean? <laughs> I spent a lot of time in Georgia. It's a beautiful state. <laughs> um, no, I. but but yeah, I think that's my final reaction is like, this is not the kingpin in the comics. This is the rise of the kingpin. Okay. So I have to get it out of my mind. Like, this is like it's like Superman went to high school with Lex Luthor, which I kind of think is a canon thing. They used to be best friends. Is it's, it you can't say like, oh, that's unrealistic to Superman and hang out with a young Lex Luther because he wasn't Lex Luther yet, right? So the Punisher can be like, you know what? I can use this arrogant motherfucker to mm-hmm. my own ends. So I think
1: I'm mollified. Yeah, I, I'm fine with the the way that went down. uh I, I early on in this episode, I was hyped for this Punisher fight scene. He's like, I'm going to set you up for Dutton. I'm going to, you know, create a window where you can get in there. Uh, I just, I kept getting more and more hyped. And then it kind of almost subverted my expectations. I know, I was like, about to say the same I thing. I thought he was going to go on a killing rampage. Sure. Cut through a cell block worth of people. Kill your way to justice. To, to get to Dutton, and then he was going to just take him out. But it actually went much better than I expected. That fight is so bloody. Yeah. And so... I, I don't know, just visceral and real
0: and... Well, and every time I feel like they get in this long hallway, I'm like, oh, God, they're going to do a fucking hallway fight right. again. But they always find a way to, like, okay, now it's a staircase and there's a twisting... Now it's like the contrast between him and Matt. Mm-hmm. He's a fucking animal going to work with just sticks. Yeah. Uh,
1: at one point, does he have an axe? Is that what I saw? That
0: prison hatchet was <laughs> was horrific, man. Yeah,
1: it was pretty awesome.
0: Oh wow! Um, yeah, I I, I want to read my notes.
1: And then the just the way he he's covered, he's drenched in blood at the end, and he cuts that guy open. Do you
0: it's... think that him and Andy Lincoln have a deal? Like yeah. who, who can be most soaked in blood in this season <laughs> of television? Because it's like it's like oh yeah, you have a little blood dripping out of your beard. Check this shit out. Yeah, I'm, um, gonna,
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna spray myself with it. Mouth open. Did... <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Did you notice the, the fact when he killed that dude on his chest, it left like a, puni- a bloody Punisher logo? Oh, no, I didn't see that. Oh, it's like, you, can, you know, when Forrest Gump wipes his face and it's the. It uh-huh. comes away. Yeah, it's yeah. just so it's like that, happy... except for a, a bloody skull. Um, it's pretty subtle. In fact, Cessna and I were watching, I'm like, oh, it's a Punisher skull. She's like, oh, bullshit. And I'm like, no, look at it. Look. And she didn't see it until huh. I think. There's a scene where they drag him over a puddle, and you can see an yeah. and He almost sees it, like, "Oh, I wonder if that's going to be the birth uh, of his costume." I like it, uh, but yeah, my notes um, are uh, Frank takes a shift through the arm, which is brutal. Mm-hmm. Breaks a dude's neck. The slow mo stuff I thought really shows off the timing because they obviously filmed that in full speed or approximately, and they're they probably. Well, what do you think? They undercrank it so they're actually moving slow. But then they super slow it so it looks like because it.
1: I don't know. These don't things know are the missing techniques.
0: by inches when and yeah. they always do the the slow mo really effectively where you're like wow if they're like a half second earlier or later, uh, John Bernthal is taking a prison hatchet to the face.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know how they do that stuff. Probably a lot of CG mixed in there it, too. That's it,
0: also probably foam rubber.
1: Yeah, so you hit him in the face, in the face with foam. Who cares? Sure. Uh, I, there were a couple of scenes where. I think it was pretty obvious that he wasn't actually punching the guy in the face. Like, he's got him down on the ground, and he's punching, like, kind of just below the camera. Yeah. And you can tell he's, like, punching him in the shoulder or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but I think he's really hitting the actor, which sold it yeah, and, and uh, and more than it should have. I feel
0: like the... It's been a while since I noticed the... Pu- I, that I did because... But the guy's face wasn't on screen, so... Right.
1: And the axe, I think he he hits, but it kind of glances
0: There's, the guy. In his digital blood, but I thought the effect right. was actually much better than what we see on, like, that other show. Um, the, put but a everything thumb, else. Put a, his thumbs yeah. in a dude's eye. <laughs> yeah. That was oh man and then horrible. when the the cops come in like they're spartan warriors and they're got this drum beat and they got this gas canister and he's just standing there in a rising gas i'm like wow okay i'm back on like again yeah. don't know how you do punisher for 12 13 episodes but can we get a john bernthal punisher
1: movie on netflix right yeah i, I was impressed by all the punisher stuff this time and all the kingpin stuff uh so what else we want to Someone talk? can I just say someone's going to lose their fucking job. The punisher gets back out on the street when they find out that the punisher got out of prison, oh, someone's the... got to lose their job. Yeah and <laughs> <laughs> Well we got some feedback
0: about that, so I don't want to step on it. But Okay. And and I, I will for the record I don't have a problem with the Kingpin rising to power this quickly. I don't either. Because it feels like that he has got this all all like he knows exactly how much money, he knows exactly how much it's going to cost to buy these and buy good loyalty. Right. Like there's a thing it's like, you know, your protection your 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 bribes weren't cheap. He's like, Nor should they be, because if you're trying to cheap out on your bribes, you're, bribed, you're yeah. just acting you're just asking to be double crossed. Right. And he's, and
1: he's a super villain. He's yeah. not just a villain. Yeah,
0: this is, like, I think they've established that, yeah, he's psychotic, but he's super intelligent. Um, And he's also a f- physical fucking freak. Yeah. He's got bear strength. Uh, <laughs> right. So, what? Uh, um, should we talk about Froggy and Karen, what's going on with them, or should we go to Daredevil Plot?
1: Uh, let's save the Daredevil thing. Yeah, that kind of has some. I need a at the break. And... You can.
0: Only, I can only get. I can only get so erect. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when we're talking about fight scenes and stuff. Um. So
1: let's talk about Karen and Foggy. Okay. We kind of talked a little bit about about Karen, um, and Foggy, but I like I said at the beginning, I think these are conversations that needed to happen just just to get the plot moving in a direction, uh, with some actual, uh. Gusto, because like sure. b- before, they were spinning their tires on this. I was for anno- a while.
0: I was annoyed by how obtuse Foggy was in dealing with Karen in the early goings of this episode, because Karen's like got this super interesting stuff, that's super relevant, and he's just yeah. in like, oh, uh, my law firm's a fail I don't, and he's like, um, I-, I don't understand why he went from like, well, you're out of a job, you need to get, you need to beat the streets, kid, to like, what if we, you and I work together? Like, mm-hmm. why didn't he propose that?
1: Uh, he can't I, work with her because he, he kind of loves her? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I felt like he was kind of in shock. Like, the, he didn't expect for this Matt thing to go off the oh, way it that's did. that's a good point. And he comes back, and he's like, God, I just lost my law firm, probably, my best friend. Like, there's a lot, a lot of shit going on in Foggy's head. I feel like that conversation was okay. Okay. Like, that- yeah, he didn't want to talk about it, but he didn't really want to think about anything. He w- He was just, like, almost numb at that point.
0: Okay, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. Um, What did you think about Karen's reaction to finding that foggy knew that Matt had a girl in his bed? Uh, She says she essentially lets him off the hook for not being warned, but she doesn't want to be lied to going forward.
1: Yeah, I I don't get it. Like, you don't feel betrayed at all by. Well, I kind of. I I, I respect
0: Karen's position on that, because it's one thing like, you know, if I knew you had a you had a girlfriend cheating on you. I would certainly tell you because you're my friend. Okay. If you were beefing with another one of my friends and I'm just a observer, huh. I don't think, like, to me, my code as a loyal friend says that I don't share, like, I'm not going to pass dirty laundry on to you or vice versa. Okay.
1: So Matt and Foggy have been friends longer and you you think he needs to be loyal to Matt versus being loyal to Karen? Well, I mean, there's a line, like, if, yeah, uh
0: I mean, I'm, Probably, not, yeah, I'm not that's I judging guess, that. I'm
1: just asking, is that, that's kind of I'm the position that. you take? Uh,
0: but I think, yeah, like it, it's, and he told, and also it's like, I think he told Matt. And I I also kind of think that he would have told Karen, have Karen and him been in a more real relationship right? Um, and it got, and he, he kind of gave Matt like the one, it, it's like, you should be the one to tell him. And I thought took that as a little bit of a threat. Like you need to tell her before I do. Right, so I feel like everyone played this as an adult, like Foggy didn't be like, "Oh, I was gonna tell you," but fucking Matt and and Karen is like, "Well, I don't expect you to betray your best friend over, you know, your your." Okay. So yeah, I I was impressed with the adultness of everyone's reaction to everything.
1: Yeah, no, I I mean the conversation between Matt and Foggy really impressed me. I thought, yes, uh, Matt not budging on the daredevil thing. Um, versus being a lawyer thing, and being willing to shut down this office, p- potentially blow up two friendships as Daredevil to do the thing that he has spent his life trying to do, you know? I, w- I, mean, I that's... wonder if it's just a, the the guy that plays Foggy,
0: I don't think, can, go s- can do sad. He can play, uh, like, funny and arrogant yeah. and competent, but, like, he seems like... I didn't get the fact that he was really sad... Hmm. When I just thought he was like sleep like sleepwalking through his
1: lines. Just Just sleepy. Just he's sleepy, sleepy yeah. period. Yeah. I, although you... I have to say, like this they're having this very intense conversation, Matt and Foggy. And, and the entire time I'm thinking, look at me when I'm talking to you, damn it. Because like it's gotta be off putting to have a conversation with someone who isn't looking at you. And uh, yes, I know he's blind. Yeah, I'm sure. not blaming but, him but for that. The, I'm saying the
0: so the overriding of the inbred social cues. Right. Like Now they've
1: been friends for so many years that I I you know That probably doesn't bother Foggy. But yeah. but it it was something I noticed and I was like, Oh man, that it has to be weird having that conversation. Yeah. Uh but now I mean he's completely alone, right, Matt? He doesn't have anybody. He threw Electra out, he threw Stick out, he threw Karen and yeah, that's what I'm Foggy saying. He's... out. He's totally just gonna do his daredevil thing. Which can't last. And you can almost feel it. Like, there's a kind of anger in him mm-hmm. um, toward the end of this episode. Like, I'm not doing anything wrong. Fuck you guys for judging me. And, and Well, yeah. I mean, in this, these conversations, there's kind of a bit of anger, too. There, there's a little bit of anger, a little bit of sadness that this is what he needs to do. Yeah. But toward the end of this, when he goes out and he starts fighting and trying to find the blacksmith or the black hand or the uh-huh. black sky, whatever it is, uh, th- you can feel a little bit more of an edge ...to Daredevil, and I think mm. that's kind of what you're sensing with... And, and they've been building that, that. idea that he's changing, yeah.
0: They've been building that with uh, him rebarring that guy up and...
1: Yeah, now it's kind of starting to come to a head. He's losing people, he's not getting the job done, like, all this shit. All
0: right, before we get into the Daredevil, because
1: we're about to veer off Daredevil, the Daredevil, we want, I yeah. want to talk about Karen
0: and her being offered a job at the Bulletin, yes?
1: Uh, I think
0: so. She's got an office now, or at least a place to sit... <laughs> And it's it's Ben's old joints. Yeah. Um. So so the th- what led up to this, just to real briefly recap, is she after her disappointment with Foggy, she went to visit the editor, whose name I still don't know, but he's I'm liking him more and more. He's like uh, the Thinking Man's Hammer. Yeah, the Daredevil version of Hammer. I want to understand because Hammer's smart too. He's just, he the da- he's just yeah, he's the Marvel Universe Hammer from uh, uh, House of Cards, Thor's Hammer. <laughs> <laughs> he's yeah we're, he's that's a his name mjolnir um yeah, whatever however you say that <laughs> so uh he she goes to take him all the stuff that she's discovered he's impressed as hell and says hey you know you're shaking the right trees we got to go now talk to the Emmy to get an, a, a thing on this john doe i also like it she's like oh you're sitting in me like no don't get cocky you need me to come along with right um uh, so they go to an Emmy, to just hold up in a hotel. I'm kind of amazed that he's willing to talk to anybody after Electra comes like, and says, "I'm going to beat right. the piss out of you," and also everyone else that threatened you was going to. Like, he's got so many people threatening his life. He he's opens up. I get it. He's like, "Hey, I want to be on deep background." You this is this is the story. You need mm-hmm. to find another way to corroborate the story. So I'm not involved, but still, that's ballsy.
1: And he's he's been living kind of this this life um, for a while of fear. Right? I guess that's like, true. He wants to get out of it, and they promise yeah. him a way out. Like, look, if we can put these people away, you can go back to living your life. And that's kind of what he wants. So,
0: uh, But he drops the bomb that the John Doe, who was removed from the murder scene, is on no official records, was an undercover cop. Right, something in his this, shoe,
1: a marker in his shoe, is that how they, they Yeah, tell? yeah,
0: like some kind of code word or like a yeah. safe something he could... I don't know what, but um, I don't know how you'd use that, like flip off your shoe, I'm all right, I'm all right. Right. Um, I saw The Departed. Yeah. It can still go bad. Oh, sure. I saw The Departed as well. <laughs> it's kind of forgettable, honestly. I don't, I never understood why people thought that was an amazing movie.
1: Uh... A, controversial I opinion it is. had a lot of hate, stars in it
0: I also hate <laughs> the usual suspects so right. everybody come at me come at me um, I feel like the, my, the inbox is going to be a bunch of people with shields banging nightsticks on it uh, <laughs> uh, shit where was I going with this man I don't know oh so this we're back on the Reyes how do you pronounce this person's name because I've been doing it wrong the DA? yeah I think it's Reyes okay Reyes is dirty again right because if it's an undercover cop the and she's the top cop in the city or the top prosecutor hmm. she's the one that would probably set up or work closely at the department on this I could believe Reyes is dirty
1: I could definitely believe that
0: and also like Karen got this information way back when from the assistant da with the you know like I need some leverage on your boss and this has all led to this so like i I do think that she's involved in some extent yeah that that wouldn't be a hard sell for me um so they decide that so they, they got that 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 bombshell information uh we also found from the blacksmith we didn't talk about this but the blacksmith is the one that set up this buy because he's a supplier of pure uh heroin from the far east which is interesting that seems like a hand connection and right. he engineered this this deal amongst the three biggest gangs in New York. There was an undercover there. People found out, it all went to shit. We know that.
1: Yeah, so it feels like maybe the blacksmith wanted to take out all these gangs. Yeah. Set something up that would go bad.
0: Yeah. So so Karen comes in and uh the editor I thought offered her a job. You seem to be like maybe they're easing into it. No, no, no. I, I think it's, okay. it's pretty much a done deal. And because and he says, look, you know, uh, you need to keep following this because you got a knack for it and you're really good at it. something I agree with. Right. And I, I'm worried about Foggy. What's he
1: doing for a job? Uh, he's drinking the eel, man. Uh, he can't, you got to have money to drink the eel. Or goodwill, I guess, if you can go drink That's for free true. at the bar. But That's true. I don't know what he's doing.
0: Uh, yeah, I wonder how they're going to keep him occupied. Yeah. But anyway, uh, he offers her a job, and she gets Ben's old office, which I thought was pretty already emotionally uh, satisfying. But they threw a curveball. There's a Karen Page file on his desk. And she goes and opens it, and there's this clipping from a mysterious car crash, which I was able to do some freeze-frame sleuthing and find out that the driver was a 16-year-old Kevin Page. Same last name as Man. karen we know karen had a brother you want a job i have an extra office a dead <laughs> a dead guy worked in it you mean the closet here yeah in, in the bald right it's a little cold in there Ooh, all right well i get a little hot sometimes um so <laughs> yeah so her brother and, and like, potentially... is there anything we can infer from the circumstances because the first i'm thinking oh drunk driver or maybe was she the driver and she because she has this extreme emotional reaction
1: so I think the circumstances on their own, no. But the circumstances in this fictional world with the characters' reactions, yes. Because the circumstances are,
0: it was, it happened in in the daytime. It's one forty. Doesn't seem like alcohol be involved. Single the car the crash, 16, car crash in broad daylight, and he veered off the road, went through a chain link fence, slammed into an embankment, and died on the scene. Right. Um. It how if that's foul play, how in the hell does this all connect? Why was Ben digging into it, and why is Karen have this? Ex- I mean, these are all the mysteries we're supposed to be asking, right? Right. I mean, we don't know anything about her brother, do we? I mean, she mentioned that she had one when she was the getting to know you phase with Ben with, with Matt. Right. Brother. But like, how
1: does that connect to the case or the hand or anything? But it's
0: it's important enough that they established it early on in the season. Yeah. So then, when they reveal this, and and the other thing is, what percentage of people did they count on freeze framing this? Uh, the
1: internet, so all of the people, oh, probably. yeah, okay. hey. eh, probably not. I, I don't know, Netflix is its own beast, too, because you're already on the internet. <laughs>
0: so I feel like this is the first Martin reveal. Like, if you're uh, really super sharp, you're gonna have an extra piece of information. It's gonna be made obvious an episode or two from now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I don't
1: know that they're quite revealing anything other than something nefarious, potentially. Right? Like, yeah. they don't reveal any details about it. Yeah. Um... <laughs> One random thought before we move into
0: Daredevil and finish this up. When Fisk confronts the Punisher in his cell... Uh-huh. Is the Punisher being held in the Cloud City detention facility... <laughs> Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think I think he's I saw got C3PO strapped to his back. I thought I saw Chewie screwing together C3PO's <laughs> head on backwards in the corner. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're right, that room it's, is shaped. If if someone told me that that's just a spray painted different on the of the same set, I would totally yeah. believe it. With better lighting. I couldn't Yeah, yeah, they actually paid the light bill. Lando, you know, he's got a lot of cutbacks,
1: right? Struggled to make ends meet before he made that deal with the Empire. Uh, can I say one more thing about the Karen uh, brother situation yeah it felt a little strange because karen looks at this folder she opens it up says car crash and starts crying i, I don't know why that why that made such a, a big deal to her like i know it could it's just her brother
0: be a fresh like just you don't expect right. to be reminded of your dead brother and, and bam like i, I don't know what that feels yeah. like but i imagine and karen's a little bit emotional anyway
1: Right, no, I guess that makes sense. It just it felt odd to me as a viewer because I didn't immediately make that connection like she yeah. does, uh, because it is kind of almost a throwaway thing. Yeah, um, that I didn't expect to come back. So, yeah, and I think out of I the,
0: the the Trinity that Karen is the one that's closest to her emotional state. Oh yeah, Foggy is yeah. the furthest removed, and then Matt is kind of like protects He's in denial. Yeah, he tries to do it <laughs> the, as a as a He's way to protect himself. Doesn't want to deal with it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's, talk let's talk about, about the
1: Daredevil. Daredevil. Yeah, he's got a lot of stuff in this. Uh,
0: Daredevil punches his way to the bookkeeper to
1: the farm, which he tells he tells him about the farm.
0: Which I thought it was there was a hilariously cool takedown where you know the guy this 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 nerd is trying to pull a gun on the Daredevil. Uh-huh. He just like it so slickly takes him down, and we find out that they're not actually bodyguards what we thought. They're actually holding me as a hostage, and they have his son in this location called The Farm. Again, capital T, capital F in the in the closed caption.
1: I thought they were going somewhere really cool with his lines about, like, I'd rather die than talk about the hand than, than take you over there. Yeah, because he's thought, terrified. So, okay, a society that makes themselves immortal. Imagine, I mean, they could literally create hell on earth for you if they were to torture oh. you to death. Over and over and over yeah. again, they can literally create hell. That's like, did you? You've read a lot of the
0: EU Star Wars. You know that uh, that's like what a what I, that, what, that was established as like one of Palpatine's favorite. Like he would throw you in a cloning in the tank, chamber? Oh, see, that's bring a little out, different. Though. Kill
1: you and then do it over and over and over again. Right, right. That is more for his amusement. But no, like no. For... You,
0: the consciousness is he uses his force transference to make oh, sure. Oh, con- so, yeah, okay. You die gotcha. a thousand deaths. All right, the coward's so, yeah. death. Yes.
1: But, but when you think about it, that's really pretty, sure. pretty fucking scary. Yeah. Uh,
0: B- torture you, throw you in a Lazarus pit. Dude, you right. Have, they can
1: make it last forever. So oh that's where I thought they were going, but they didn't. They instead just have his brother. They do the cliched thing of, uh, still, they've got my son.
0: We still have a good,
1: what, four episodes left? It's true. I hope they use that, that machine for more than just, that. we've got an immortal band of mages. Sure. That would be interesting.
0: Uh, like literal in,
1: hell in hell 's kitchen i that 's I've what i 've been
0: introducing that concept in, in literary fiction a few times, but i 've never actually uh-huh. seen it on the screen that would be uh, chilling
1: could be horrifying
0: sure um so they go to the farm, which and... is just a
1: pottery barn franchise let 's not <laughs> kid ourselves uh
0: and and uh matt is horrified to find that they have a bunch of children in cages. They're slowly being drained of their blood and right. pumped into a metallic dark coffin that I can only assume contains Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> right. Black Sabbath. <laughs> yes. I mean, this is, as that's, this is how he's like, oh, I got to do all this damage to my brain, Sharon. It's got to get in his coffin. Terrible Ozzy. But yeah. You know what I'm trying to go for. Uh, as as you know you can tell that like matt's fucking shaking about this whole thing as he should be and I mean, and i found it like genuinely creepy when he goes down there and there's yeah. all this occult mystical japanese sorcery going on
1: yeah he hears the sounds of blood which lead him downstairs sure. and then uh this is so the, this is the comeback of the kids right from season one. Yeah. This is what this they is were what doing. We don't know all these what, children. but this
0: is why all this human trafficking apparently was happening. Yeah. Uh and then suddenly a ninja in a London fog coat attacks. Uh-huh. And uh we're expected to remember who he was. It's the red ninja from last season who Daredevil burnt in that uh, 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 complex fire, Nubo. Yeah, he rips
1: off his mask. I didn't remember Nobu? Nobu. Uh, I didn't the, remember who oh, this Hoku? guy was. Uh, I remembered the fight, but, you know, people. a lot of people have weapons. A lot of people have the same weapons. I don't know. This I was, wasn't sure I about... Reckon,
0: the, I didn't recognize him. Um, I knew that he was supposed to be an important guy until he got the chain blades. I did remember that.
1: Okay. And then you and then just... they've also
0: been mentioning his name, the kind of jog, uh, you know, I, and I looked him up when the huh. first, and I'm like,
1: okay, yeah, and when I was trying to put together the all mystery right. of the, the whole, but yeah, I... You caught on faster than I did. I didn't remember who this guy was. I was like, why, who, Scarface guy, why do I care? His face is all burnt up from the fire, but right. he should have died, and he didn't. Right. So he
0: cuts the blood tube, he says, it's not finished, and he cuts the blood tube, shoves the coffin into the service elevator... Uh, and kicks then, Daredevil's
1: ass one last time. Yeah, right. sitting him out. on his way.
0: Yeah. And Daredevil says, You're dead, and he says there's no such thing. And then what I thought was the most intriguing thing, elevator goes down. <laughs> okay. Like that yeah. is something creepy that's like it's it's hellish, right? He's escaping yeah. to some subterranean com- he's not trying to get out in a way like I'm like every person on the planet would. He's going yeah. down into hell. He also, I thought it was funny that the, uh, who I thought was the leader of the hand, and it turns out he's just middle management, he calls Daredevil, um, oh shit, what did he call him? Uh, Akuma-san. Okay. Which is kind of like saying Mr. Devil in Japanese, because mm-hmm. Akuma is um, some kind of wicked Japanese spirit. All right. Uh, but yeah, Mr. Devil to you. Yeah. Um what else we want to talk about? I have oh. a
1: big question about the end of this. Yeah? Why the fuck doesn't Nobu kill Daredevil? Well, last time he tried, he got his ass burnt up, and it's more
0: important to get the... Well, I mean, I'm, I'm with li- child is... to know what is in that goddamn
1: Japanese Iron Maiden coffin. Right. I, I imagine it's somebody. Sure, it's got to be. It's yeah. a coffin. It's a. It's some kind of crypt. Is it gonna be like a the sarcophagus? Is what you'd call it. Uh, shit. What was the? Is it gonna be like the strain sort of thing where you got this like wispy, almost kind of smoke god sort of thing. Mm. Is he gonna be human or not? I'm not seeing anyone from the hand that's not human. Okay, but the blacksmith. But if but the other thing, no is one's if, ever seen the blacksmith. If, nobody knows who he is. Like. But, but is he like? That's the thing. Like, why has he been dead for so long?
0: Like, if you can, if he's like this special eternal warrior, and they've got resurrection technology. I mean, did they have to I mean, do you this could whole ask pro- the same about Lestat or but any no, of the no, vampires? But no, no, no. What, what I'm right? saying is, if they had to do this shit to someone like Nobu. Uh-huh. Who is not as important in the grand? Like he's not Dark Sky, right? Why bring him back? Why bring him back if you could just brought back this asshole? Like, right? I, I'm hoping that this all makes, and it might not. Well, this might this is be a comic like book a. Show.
1: This might be like a monthly ritual, and it takes a little bit, and like yeah, let's, you know. I, you just, which
0: that's, that's that's what I'm saying. Is this guy special, or is he just? They're just showing
1: us how this operation goes. That's a good question. I still don't feel like the question of. Why didn't he kill Daredevil? Was adequately answered. Well, because I mean, if Daredevil has a is thorn special. in their side, and just kill him. You've got him down. Just do what you got to do, and then leave. But Daredevil straight up beat him last
0: time. And if this coffin is super important, in their plans, then it's more important to get that away than it is I to guess. finish off Daredevil. And maybe trip on your own dick, get killed again, and then Daredevil right. opens up the coffin and Okay, Oh, it's Voldemort, Lord Voldemort, half cooked, and now I'm just going to break your neck. Yep, or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. But he
1: can't kill, so he wouldn't. He that's would actually true. just let him. That's true. Let him live. Send him to prison.
0: Yeah. Uh. So what else? Oh, this guy's a last meal. Dutton. I thought that was pretty.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah. I like his the...
0: ramrod stiff eating scenes, and I'm I'm liking the fact that he's doing this kind of elegant
1: style in his right. Like his ritual that he had at the table every morning, yeah, but,
0: but he's he's in his 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 crisp oranges uh-huh. like he's not he's not the kind of gangster that's going to get a nice silk robe put into the jail, like everything looks legit, but he's still gonna live high like like i I don't know it's mm-hmm. like like his external thing is not what's important to him, it's all about in the internal of him, hmm. and okay. like he's like you know even if he's in- he's not gonna slouch in jail, fuck you, he's gonna eat his uh whatever his ritual was is toast and his eggs and mm-hmm. and uh you know he doesn't need the silk robe to do
1: it nope he's he's savoring his victory it's his right? idea so of a the... low profile <laughs> yeah i guess i mean he pretty much owns the prison at this point yeah
0: yeah so i'm, so I'm saying he could do those things but he chooses not to and i think right. that's an important characterization for him all right listeners uh Time to pitch the club to you, and I, I understand we're we're dealing with listeners of all levels of engagement with Bald Move here. You know, maybe, mm-hmm. uh, and in all different economic situations, maybe you're uh, you're like the the kingpin, just coming into the big house. You got your white suit on, you're kind of unsure mm-hmm. of yourself. You know, funds might be low. You might have spent the la- your last buck bribing a prison official. Uh, but but, but maybe some of you are s- sitting there, orange suit kingpin, mm-hmm. and you're drinking your Chianti while you're. Uh, listening to your rival drown himself in, in his his own blood. <laughs> uh, maybe you can spare a buck or two to join the club. It's easy. Go to club.baldmove.com. It's got tons of special features, ad-free feeds, uh, bonus podcasts, extra content, and the satisfaction of knowing you're enabling uh, this content to be created. Because we couldn't do it without you. There would not be a Daredevil podcast. Uh, there wouldn't be... Uh, pretty much anything except for watching, watching Dead Better Call Saul and Game of Thrones. If it wasn't for, uh, you know us being able to do this on a full time basis, so if that's important to you, uh, please check out club.baldmove.com. If you don't want an ongoing commitment and you like shopping online, another great way to help us out is to remember to use amazon.baldmove.com before you visit, uh, and and that way everything you purchase doesn't cost you a thing. It just throws money the bald move's way, and it's great. And if you're in a uh, foreign market, uh, you can go to support.baldmove.com, and there's we actually have uh, foreign market Amazon accounts for a lot of major countries. Check that to see if uh, you're one of them. And thanks again for supporting us. Let's do feedback. Uh, as I promised, we have a double-sized feedback bag since we were kind of light last week uh, or last episode. Uh, Michael B. starts off, uh, I think this was for 206. said, I was starting to wonder about the direction of the season, and I think... Uh, though it might be obvious by now that we have a theme. Should we allow someone like the Punisher to take law in his own hands by letting him become a judge, jury, and executioner? Some would say no, some would say yes, but like Claire said in Season 1 about Matt, uh, you're the man this city has created. I believe that can also be said about the Punisher. He would have never went down this road of killing like this if it weren't for the city taking his family from him. The question is, is the the city-made Daredevil... Is Frank the man that the same the the man that the same city made, or is Frank the man that the city that Daredevil made made? Does that make sense? Right. So and now, is that that, an interesting now that the city has
1: made Daredevil, is Daredevil changing the city? Yes. Uh, is this an escalation? It feels like it. It does. Um, I mean, maybe it was an inevitable, an inevitable one, and you know the city creates a a guy like Daredevil and Daredevil creates guys like Punisher and who knows where that goes from here but either way I think that is what's happening. All right? He's he's starting to shape the city as much as it shaped him. Okay. Uh King Mob has questions uh, that
0: are a little bit of a comic booky uh you know, discussion of his powers, but I'm going to allow it because we kind of did it ourselves. Okay. Uh, Just finished listening to the podcast for episode six, where uh, Jim and Aaron wondered if Daredevil's radar sense was granular enough to detect tape on the floor. Yeah. Having now watched episode eight, their debate made me wonder, does this version of Daredevil actually have a radar sense? If he did, the hand ninjas in episode being completely silent would not have phased him at all. Instead, because he can't hear their heartbeats, Matt says he can't pinpoint their locations. Thinking back on it, I don't think the show has ever implied or said that he has a radar sense, as we know it in the comics. In Episode 5 of Season 1, Matt describes what he sees as an amalgamation of inputs from his other senses, never mentions a separate radar sense. In Episode 7, when yeah. Matt is being trained by Stick, he says he can sense where things are and when they move, but a sense of hearing and uh, touch could account for that.
1: Oh, totally. I didn't mean to imply that he has like an extra different type of sense that most people don't have.
0: Um, If that's what they thought. And the world on fire portrayed on his perception is definitely not the 360-degree 3D image of his surrounding I always assumed he had. I don't Mm. know that I agree with that, though. Hearing is pretty much a 360 sense. Yeah, like you might have it stronger in like a 180-degree arc in front
1: of you because your ears are facing that way. But But, but not... It wouldn't be completely blank behind you, certainly. No, no. It'd be cool if he had the... uh,
0: you know, the vestigial ear muscles that we have, like, you know, cats and dogs and swivel their ears around so they can overcome that weakness. It'd be funny if his his mutation is ala- so <laughs> weird looking. <laughs> his ears are just rotating <laughs> and Ugh. stuff. Uh um, like
1: maybe uh, that w- No. no. <laughs> that would be so off putting. Even under a helmet, like if he had these things yeah, moving sure, constantly.
0: Sure. It'd be hilarious. Ugh. Um this leads me to believe that Daredevil, or Netflix's Daredevil doesn't have the comic book canon radar sense. He places combatants locations by proximity. Oh, he
1: does in the comics? Well, I
0: mean, here He has an okay. actual
1: radar? No, I mean,
0: it's echolocation. It's always described okay. as echolocation, Lo- right. which to me it's like is essentially the same as radar
1: sense. Sure. I think he should walk around going, "Mop Ma, like archer does sure. to to locate like to have <laughs> the sound waves bounce off yeah yeah that'd be pretty funny
0: um i see i guess i took it as like a combination of the ninja's robes being some kind of like stealthy material and they're right. reducing their heartbeats and their movement
1: is is smooth and because all the, that stuff because he can detect
0: the yeah. weapons so I mean, again, I don't know how
1: it happens, but, but I, I don't think this means that he doesn't have 3D vision. He can see negative space, too, though. Sure. Which I don't understand sense. how a ninja could possibly not create negative space by not bouncing whatever it is back to him. Like, there, it's an either-or. It's like a logical fallacy that you would be able to not show up on his thing and also not create negative space. I don't know,
0: because I hear, like... I've read a lot of submarine fiction, and I hear, like, one of the hardest things to detect is, like, a whale. Okay. (laughs) Because they are... Made of most of the same material that the surrounding water is, they're extremely quiet. They're right. they don't cause any cavitation. Like, like a lot of times, um, submarines run into them. Jesus, uh, they'd never run into another submarine. They never. But but they're they're not exactly holes in the ocean. They're just like right. transparent to the sense they're using. And I feel like okay. If they, the these robes are actually stealth, and I'm making all this shit, I'm pulling this right out of my fan ass. Sure, sure, but I feel like that they don't show up as holes; they show up as like transparent.
1: They almost like diffuse his sense, instead which of doesn't make sense when you, you, when you're talking about echolocation like, doesn't yeah. doesn't really happen that way. I don't yeah. know unless you can diffuse it around you, like like you know the the what is it, active or inactive stealth stuff where light kind of bends around and you see through the other side. Maybe they can do something like that. Did you
0: ever go? You went up and you. So, one place I worked was an abandoned facility at the right. old RCA Thompson Labs in Indianapolis. And yeah, it was
1: like Kodak. It was like yeah. color. What what's the term? It was the color? Technicolor Studio, but, but Yeah, even
0: the before. But so, so this thing was in an abandoned part that I technically wasn't supposed to go into. Mm. But, you know, I do some urban spelunking. And I found this thing called the ano- anechoic chamber. Yeah. And you go in this vault, and there is like a mesh floor, and there's all this, like, just really steep fiberglass paneling that's cut into this, like, acoustic pattern. And when you go into the room and shut the door, it's the oddest sense. it's like when if you've ever been in a cave and they turn off all the lights and you, you experience absolute black for the first time, yeah, it's like that with your ears, like it's they almost bizarre. pop. Uh-huh. Um, I wonder what happens. You throw Matt in a chamber like that. He's probably blind. I think... I I wonder if they'll... Like, like actually blind. Like, unable to yeah. tell
1: where he is and what he's doing. And... Yeah.
0: I think I... I might have posted, like, pictures or a video in the ancient bowel because we we filmed the video there. We did. We did some Kickstarter stuff, stuff um, that I don't know if we ever used. Maybe yeah. we did. I wonder if I can find a picture of that. If I know I still it. have the video somewhere. Right on. Um, anyway, I just... It's a little odd thought that, you know, why we're geeking out about his powers. <laughs> Right, so I, I It's weird. I don't know how to draw a distinction between echolocation and radar. And I I disagree with his analysis that they haven't established that he does have some kind of 360. Because he, you know, he can sense he does, a baseball yeah. bat coming from behind his head.
1: Right. He definitely at least has some kind of hearing. Uh, it, 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 I don't know. Augmented hearing. Yeah. That he can tell stuff's coming from behind him.
0: Uh, Chris A says. Uh, What the hell is the deal with the U.S. flag in a courtroom only having 48 stars? The 48-star flag was in use between 1912 and 1949 before Alaska and Hawaii were admitted into the Union. What does this say about the time in which Daredevil is set? Is it that far in the past or perhaps no, some a post-apocalyptic no. future where we lost or gave away two states? If so, which two got the boot? Do you have an explanation? I did I think some it's digging. A, I think
1: feel like it's just a historical artifact. Like, that flag is just from the past, not that the show's set in the past.
0: So we, we talked a little bit on House of Cards, how, like, there's real CNN and real MSNBC and real Fox News in this world, and you see those broadcasts and those anchors. Mm-hmm. But when, like, the president would die... Oh, I'm sorry, that was a massive spoiler. The president doesn't die. But, like, if the president were to die, something like that were to happen, uh. um, they always go to some... Clearly, fictitious news agency. And we theorized that they did that because they don't want some prankster on YouTube causing an international panic by saying, oh, no, this has happened. And, like, you know, I wonder if when they're setting in a real court, if that's like a Hollywood, the same way they use like 555 extensions on phones. Right. Um, I wonder if that's like, they use a 48-star flag, so if someone tries to use this footage to cobble something together, that, like, it's Hmm. quickly you could determine that it's bullshit. Because that's, I I mean, I would buy that there's some kind of Hollywood, I mean, I don't know, if if I haven't counted the stars on many flags on television, but... Yeah, I didn't notice it. Otherwise, because it would have to be hard, it's got to be hard to get a 48-star flag. Uh, Like an
1: authentic one, or... I mean, you can fabricate That's what I'm saying, like, sure. you have
0: to special order it. They intentionally yeah. did this. Like, it's not like they ordered a flag and, oh, I got a 48-star one.
1: Oh, hey, Joe, uh, bring in that flag you got.
0: Yeah, right?
1: Oh, well, I don't know, guys. That's 48 stars on it. No, it'll be fine. <laughs> Is
0: there a political faction that just hates Hawaii and Alaska and thought America <laughs> probably. should never let those riff-raff into the Union? Pro- probably. It's a protest flag. Yeah. Um. Okay, so... I don't know. If you got a better theory than that, let me know. Aaron R. follows up from last episode where we he clued us into all the similarities between Daredevil and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and we both kind of balked about Casey Jones. He sent me a five-minute YouTube that has Casey Jones being insane. He's, but, he's definitely like a G-rated Punisher. He's going around in a dirty, hairy voice talking about, Oh, lawbreakers! All lawbreakers! And he's throwing them into dough machines, and he's wearing okay. a hockey mask that looks like right. a skull. Oh, so, does it? Yeah, that's why I was
1: thinking. Like, hockey mask to me doesn't say Punisher at all. It, it the in, in the
0: '80s cartoon version, which I assume is based on the class. I I do know that the classic comic is quite a bit darker. Yeah, yeah, uh, and grittier. But you know, in a parody style. Um, but mm-hmm. no, it clearly looks like a skull. So I'm going to post that in the show <laughs> notes. If you want to have a blast from the past, uh, dummy says. Dummy says, I'm glad this episode picked up the pace after the last couple of, in my opinion, clunkers. They did trot out my least favorite storylines, people who die but don't. Even on shows where people being brought back uh on even on shows where people being brought back to life is a thing, I hate it because it's cheap. I'm really liking this show, so I hope that it doesn't become too prominent. Don't pre-
1: watch Battlestar Galactica.
0: Or Game of Thrones or <laughs> you know, the list goes on. Yeah. I prefer death to be a consequence and not just a hurdle. Um I broadly agree, but I do if you establish it as a fact in the universe you better do something interesting with it and you better someone better
1: be able to meet the true death quote unquote or else what the hell are we doing here's this is the crux of the problem i have with all fantasy based fiction is you can really just do anything like i could say well i i don't know obviously this doesn't happen harry potter didn't die because uh, you know, Hermione had her wizarding hat on, and you obviously know you You've can't die book seven? When, when, <laughs> when you have when you have your thumb up your ass. So he didn't die, of course not. If you, you, when you, can, you stick you your thumb up, you got to say, anything. "Oh, what a
0: good boy am I!" Or it doesn't work.
1: Right. You can, you can bring back anybody for any reason. All of the plot can change at a given moment. Like there are no rules except the ones you make and. You can always make new rules. But I think.
0: I think that's. I'm. I, you know. I'm. Not, I'm not trying to convert you. But this is actually an organic conversation. I. I like that. You, I feel like I'm going to talk about as a fantasy lover why I like it because there's okay. this contract between the author and the reader or the watcher or whatever. Right. Where at the beginning you don't know the precise rules and the author is giving those rules and every time he gives a rule he's essentially he or she is putting themselves in a straitjacket. Because they can't break that rule you're going to call bullshit on them. But there's also this tension between do you have to set these rules out at a particular pace because else people can just clearly see that you're trying to give yourself wiggle room to do whatever. Mm -hmm. So it's like this kind of like dance you do between the audience's suspension of disbelief and wanting to be fed these mechanics and the author not wanting to be held down by the mechanics. And then, you know, the best science fiction fantasy – lays these rules on, you get a good understanding of what is and isn't possible, right? Um, and then they don't, they don't break them. And you get it gradually. And
1: I think that's that's a super important thing. Like, it's like Game a true crime mystery. Really like,
0: well. if they just said, hey, here's the bad guy, this is what's eventually going to happen, now, that wouldn't be satisfying. The mystery is discovering... And usually they give you a hero who is an initiate, and he's learning and he's the rules. You yeah. so it's you are. So you're not aware that you're being spoon-fed the, the universe. Right, but,
1: and as long as they don't make... You know, the as long as they don't say here's the new rule and it's going to change uh, the outcome of this this super important thing that you thought was going to go one way. Yeah. As long as they don't do that all at once. Yeah. Uh, I guess it can be okay, but I don't know. I, I guess I'm I need to read better fantasy fiction. <laughs> well, I mean, but the other thing is like
0: it, it, that's not everyone's cup of tea. Like true, I right. I know. I understand the charms of true crime. I just don't
1: like it. So, okay. whereas, like, a lot and of I people... guess in this, I, I kind of just let it go. Like, you can have Black Sabbath in there. You can yeah. have a hole <laughs> digging to the middle of the universe. I don't really care. Uh-huh. I'm kind of more along for the ride here. Right. Right. Okay. So, I don't know. Well, but, I mean, there again, if you found that 48-story floor
0: story floor is, like, a thruster that was designed to push the Earth into the sun... <laughs> And then th- when they turned it on, it was a repulsor drive and pushed them over. To pl- you'd be like, what the fuck? Like, you know. Yeah.
1: I'm not saying I have a super coherent uh, reason for disliking fantasy. But I do have reasons. And maybe it's only because I've read bad fantasy. Because uh, uh, I've never read Game of Thrones. But Game of Thrones, the show, is doing it for me.
0: And also, so. it's talking about the slow burn on the fantasy right. holy shit that's what i mean
1: yeah they they're uh, introducing these rules very very slowly
0: right which i'm actually surprised more people haven't called out martin on like okay so what is possible it's we're five books in george how come i don't know for sure what you know this mechanic and how this works but he's, right. he's got a double like not only is he you're talking about initiates the whole fucking world has largely assumed that magic doesn't work anymore and now so it's like I don't know. He's, he's yeah. doing some clever shit there. Sure. Emma uh, W. says, Pretty hard for me to believe that Fisk would have that level of influence with the guard so quickly, but everything else in the episode completely made up for it. The cell block scene was incredible. I can't believe how far they're going with the violence this season. I remember thinking that I was like, I wonder if I could let my son watch this episode. Ooh. And it's episodes like Ooh. this where it's like,
1: No, he needs to be... Multiple guys with their throats slit open. Yeah. And-
0: like, you know, everyone's kid's different, but I feel like my kid needs to be closer to 12, 13 before he starts watching this shit. It's okay. definitely mature. Yeah. Um, Fisk taking over to prison solves his money issues as well, so he'll now have a cash flow from the prison contraband business. So it'll be interesting to see how much he can affect what's going on, on the outside. Well, here's the thing. If he can let people in and out of the prison, why wouldn't he just make the prison his headquarters? He can go out and see okay. Vanessa. Mm-hmm. She can come in and see him.
1: He can drink his fine wines and his egg McMuffins. Yeah, maybe his... maybe build a like I don't know a glass tower or something on top of it. Yeah, <laughs> to replicate his home. Sure. Uh, I I wonder if that's
0: going to be like the you know his kind of thing for the rest of the season. Maybe not on the next. That he's hey I'm in prison. What do you? That would be kind mm-hmm. of funny. Like what do you want? Right. I'm in prison. He's
1: almost like immune to being prosecuted for anything else. Yeah, like what can. How does Daredevil fight that? You know. I mean, you, you can't kill Matt me. Matt Murdock is voted in You can't in put jail. me in prison.
0: Matt, the, the Daredevil can't go and beat the <laughs> shit out of him in prison. Like, that would kind of be an interesting stalemate.
1: Yeah. Hmm.
0: Uh, Jeff says, I think I need to see a therapist. I can't stop laughing in amazement whenever the Punisher goes on one of his killing sprees. I can't imagine being able to watch this character in any other style after seeing him in this. Um, I don't think you need to see a therapist because I have that same giggle response yeah. when there's just horrific over the top insane violence. Um, and that's the key. It's, it has to be over like absurd.
1: It it's awesome in the the true meaning of the word, right? Yes. Yes. Like, inspiring a And, and fear some and people's reaction and, to awe is to yes. giggle, to Yeah. to I don't know, have have a reaction you wouldn't expect.
0: Yeah. So I get it. Um but I totally agree with you. Uh Chris says, I don't suppose we'll get any explanation of how the hole was dug out at this point. It looks like we're moving more firmly in the mystical territory very soon. I I hope not, man, because I'm going to be fucking disappointed if I don't know precisely what the hell they were doing at the hole, this coffin and the blood. Like yeah. they owe me that now. I think they will get to it. Okay.
1: I'm- Probably this season.
0: I hope. I think this so. Season. No, I, I'm that's what I'm saying. This season, like, needs I to happen need, this season. I don't need to know what Black Sky is necessarily, but I need to know what they were trying to do and the items involved, right? You know, like the culmination because it seems like no one knows what Black Sky is, they're just trying to make it happen. Mm-hmm. I need to know what ingredients they're mixing in the pot, or else, what the fuck. Uh Chris says, I also want to know what's up with that article in Ben's office. Um he mentioned that someone on Reddit screen capped the entire article. There's mention of a Kevin Page being killed in the car accident, which we already discussed. Mm-hmm. Uh I too am very curious about that. Garth Gow says, was so awesome to see Dionfrio back. He just kills it in this role. I know it may not be everyone's cup of tea, but that final shot of him in the prison hospital room was chilling. Is it ever mentioned how long a time span between the season one finale and the season two premiere was? Wasn't it a year?
1: I don't remember.
0: I know that they mentioned they they strongly implied and I thought it was a year. Yeah, I couldn't tell you. Um but it's also I want to say 2 years, but I'm only I'm pretty sure that's only because I just saw the Banshee episode and they had a a flash forward in the in the two so it's like it's all fucking with me. I but, think
1: it might be 2 years. You might be right. There might have even been a title card that says 2 years later. Okay.
0: Yeah, I felt like that they definitely uh, established it. Was, it was between one and two years. These there could be go. false memories,
1: but <laughs> I just, that's imp- what I remember. I just accepted
0: you, man. Yeah, you did. Uh, anyway, I only asked because Fisk walked into jail with, like, two very minor cuts in his face at the beginning of the episode. He had to have spent some time in the hospital after a fight between Daredevil and him at the end of season one. I thought so, too. I was surprised. Mm. But the, here, here's the and thing, they man. They showed the cut in the flashback. He didn't go from beaten to hell beat out of him from Daredevil to prison, they talked about there's a court case, he lost, there's right. a plea deal, they're working, they're doing an appeal, so he went through the wheels of justice, let's say four to six weeks, if mm-hmm. it was expedited all the hell, which I imagine the, the the Fisk would want to drag it out. Um. So he had time to heal up. Yeah, that's true. I don't know okay. if it's the full, you know, because this is obviously, I, I don't know how, I don't know how much, the, the thing I'm curious about is how much time elapsed from him wearing his whites. Mm -hmm. to when he started paying off people, rolling three deep and getting the guards on his side. Like that could have been six months to a year. Yeah. And that's why it's like some people might like, I don't, I think a lot of people think that he came into prison and took over within the week. I think that his going from white to orange suggests a passage of time. I think so. And then the fact that he's built all this stuff and spent all this money, like it might have been a lot longer than the show implies, but they were jumping back and forth and it's hard to tell. That's kind of, in which case, that's kind of sloppy. We could use some title cards or some sepia tone or something to tell when we came. Eh, maybe they want to leave the timeline loose. I don't know. That's that's true because you can, you know, you can get yourself in trouble by putting yourself in those straitjackets. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, he continues, this show continues to just buck any sort of realistic consequence of violence. Fisk has a bloodied nose after getting headbutted and punched like five times by the Punisher. That's kind of throwing me for a loop because in season one seemed to have much more stakes as far as that goes. Like another poster mentioned earlier in the season, this is just getting to be video
1: game territory. Wait, wait, wait. Kingpin is a a brutal uh, superhuman being, yeah? I mean, I I don't know that he actually has like super strength or Uh super ability to take a punch, but he's a physically well-built guy. I don't know that he necessarily would, you know, take a headbutt and not and, – and and just be devastated by it. Like, Okay. Yeah. I, I, I'm thinking he's stronger than the average human, so it's like punching a he can ham, take you know? more. Uh,
0: so it, I, I disagree in that particular example, but I broadly agree that one of the things I really fell in love with, and I tend to like – I like vulnerable heroes – I like heroes that are like the, like, uh, you know, the weeble wobble, Mm -hmm. like, like, um, uh, Wolverine's perfect example. His prime ability is just to be able to take a fucking ass kicking and keep going. And I like that about season one daredevil is that he prevailed despite being exhausted, despite his broken ribs, despite his concussions, he found the way to keep fighting forward Whereas now, ever since they put him on a super suit, like he's got a super suit, which because we talked about, like that's a good way, because mm-hmm. you can't have a human body take that much punishment week in week out and not have you be like you're going to be a forty year old football player in six weeks if you keep taking that punishment, right? Um, so you got his super suit, but you got Frank running around and you know, but he he got the scrubs.
1: fuck beat out. I'm looking at Frank's face. Frank's face hasn't healed, but it doesn't yet affect from- him. He goes and right, he gets in a full right. face brawl with with the
0: uh, kingpin, who then full picks him up and brawl. and yeah. body slams him, and he stills like not reading the worst. Or he's walking out without any limps,
1: or right? Anything. Right. That that is a little unbelievable. But I also felt like Matt in season one was a little unbelievable. He took an extraordinary amount of punishment, and I know they made him. Yes, I felt like know, mentally resilient and I felt able like- to fight through it, but he took a lot of punishment, and and it hurt him. But I, I feel like he took a superhuman amount of punishment.
0: <laughs> well, and I felt like they walked, but they did walk that line. Because, yes, it never it, it stopped him. But borderline. They, in the acting, they always gave me the impression that Matt was just
1: barely winning these fights. Right. It, it was borderline season one. I think you're right. The Punisher has been a little too superhuman in his ability to take damage. But the, I think they also might be
0: implying that his brain damage might have like dulled his ability uh, to feel maybe. pain.
1: Is it dull his ability for his bones to break? <laughs> <laughs> true. Is drinking? Are they feeding him a lot of milk there in prison? Because he-,
0: he also had a he also had a half inch drill bit put through his le- his foot. That's true. Like and less walked than a it month off. ago, because they fast tracked a trial and all that stuff. So he
1: did have a limp, but he walked it off.
0: Yeah, he was some dirt on it. Uh, but I agree, it's. That the the gritty realism and of the violence was more in the Banshee territory last season. This it's more comic booky, and I kind of wish they'd go back. With Fisk, I'm okay with it. Yeah, because Fisk can absorb a lot of punishment. Yeah, and also none. This is all just cosmetic shit, anyway. Right? Punisher's taking structural damage. (laughs) That's true. Uh, Dominic P says I was having a discussion with my wife about the moral imperatives Matts find himself adhering to, and finding that we were in conflict. I want to know what you guys think. Not that I'm 100% on Matt's side of it, but I do find an interesting challenge to let your opposition live rather than to kill them. They were caring and matting it? They They, were. They were
1: having an actual No, I think it's
0: worse than that. It's, it's, It's Daredevil and Elektra. Uh, uh, Dominic's all daredevil, and his wife is all like, "Fuck that! Kill the kid." Tactically, it's a must. <laughs> he notes, "I clearly love my wife, but I bet you sleep with one eye open around her." Uh, you should. <laughs> uh, the no kill clause <laughs> is one of Batman's trademarks, but for some reason, I don't come. At, it doesn't come across as irritating to the viewer in the context of the Batman. I think this is because all of his villains villains conveniently die of their own devices, at least in the film, anyway. Such as Ra's al Ghul. Bane, Race's daughter, Joker not being dead, but Heath died, eliminating that character's return, etc. In the context of Daredevil, it's almost like watching Star Trek, in that for the world of the 24th century, at least for humans in the Federation, taking the action to kill is not taken lightly, and these characters struggle with that moral imperative as well. I recently got the Blu-rays for the entire series, and there are many times in the first season, and I kind of forgot about this, where they all admit that it'd be easy to get things their way just by overpowering nearly all species they encounter. Picard even says the thought has, of course, occurred to me, but he still chooses to route of peace to comply at the prime directive. Of course, the difference be- being uh, between being that Matt doesn't want to kill because of his religious beliefs, which I think he holds sacred despite bending a lot of them. Batman didn't want to become his own enemy. For Star Trek, it's a matter of moral civility and demonstrating their species' advancement. So on the one hand, I do think that maybe it's better to kill your enemy to protect yourself or the ones you love. I admire adhering to a moral imperative no matter how hard it gets and how hard it works against you, which I think is the reason that Matt decided to end his partnership and his friendship with both Thoggy and Karen. He fucked things up, but I think he wanted to, somehow unconsciously, because his nightlife is not going away and it's not worth risking their lives. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, The question is, what is he going to do? Breaking the arms of a domestic abuser? Yeah, that probably converts an asshole husband to a life of less violence. Doubtful. Doubtful. Uh, Not exactly civil, however. It might work. Uh, But what do you guys think... What do you do with the guys that kill without a second thought? And despite his vigilante actions, Matt does largely believe in the law because that's his strongest mitigation for the bad guys. And it's civil recourse highlighting his issue with Karen's pro-ish punisher stance. The problem is that in both cases it's just a put off. I think what Matt might have done is broken those kids' arms because, law or not, he's out for six months of his life, right? A long time to rethink. What yeah, got they don't you have the an arm fixing
1: chamber. <laughs> they can bring you back to life, but they're not going to fix your limbs that quickly.
0: <laughs> uh, arguments can be made that jail connects criminals rather than reforms them. This is truly murky stuff, and I like it. This is interesting because this goes with the whole kingpin's now in jail, but he's still the kingpin, right? Like, what does Matt do with that
1: information? Uh, and so, okay, this is a big issue to unpack, right? And I feel like there's a distinction to be made, obviously, in comic book land and the real life. Uh, I think both of us have have staked our claim on vigilante justice mm-hmm. does not work in real life. Yep. Uh, now, I think in a perfect, with perfect knowledge, you can make those calls and you can say, Uh, these are the people who deserve it in these fictional worlds. Sure, it's like
0: the benevolent dictator theory. Right, right. It would be perfect.
1: Theoretically, in this fictional world, uh, the Punisher is justified in killing a a fair amount of the people he's been killing, I think. Uh, If if there's someone killing remorselessly and you have no other recourse but to kill them, I say go for it in these fictional worlds.
0: Yeah, and and it it doesn't matter that you have a crying son or daughter that you left behind. Right. Like, uh, you know... A, uh, Hitler had people To loved him too. Right, doesn't and, mean and he the people need you're to go. killing
1: uh, also have families, also have sure. things that that are going to be affected yes. by them dying. Yes. So you dying is is kind of the greater or the lesser of the two evils. Sure. Uh, than to let you continue to kill more and more people. But it is interesting to have a
0: hero that rejects the, that ulti- that that lesser of two evils philosophy. He pursues right. what he considers upright and righteous, regardless of the cost.
1: And I'm also with the, the emailer whose name I didn't catch, uh, Dominic. Dominic, in w- when he says that uh, he can respect somebody who does hold to those philosophies, I think yes. those are those are very good things to to hold on to. I Mm -hmm. just... I don't know that in this world that we're being shown, Daredevil's method is very effective. Yeah, and I wonder if they'll be able to find a middle path going forward. Although, Daredevil that's killing people... Like, maybe if jail worked better, but Kingpin certainly hasn't had any problems doing what he wants to do in prison. The problem is, once you kill people, you become a criminal. Like, the law in
0: the comic book land might overlook you beating the piss out of someone... that's interesting to the Punisher and, you know, Spider-Man. Spider-Man's a mass vigilante that the cops like. Right. Punisher's a mass vigilante that's essentially shoot on sight. Yeah. And that has its own complications in the universe, too, because, you know, Daredevil can go up and have a conversation with the police and work with them, Uh whereas the Punisher can't ever do that. Yeah. So I think that's another interesting element that there are, you know, there's different levels of being outside the law.
1: Right. Right. And different consequences for each of them.
0: Yes. Uh, Eli L from the Bronx uh, says wants to comment on this episode because I thought it was a really critical episode for Matt when considering his relationships with Foggy and Karen. I thought it was refreshing to see the accountability presented to us outside of Matt's heroism. It's cool to see a character not being excused for the more interpersonal his uh, more interpersonal responsibilities just because his grander, general ones. In lesser shows, Matt's behavior would have been justified by his actions as Daredevil because of the fact that he is a self-appointed protector of Hell's Kitchen. But it was realistically shown that Matt's position as protector is a self appointed one. Uh, first and foremost. Just like Foggy had said, you can't go around creating danger and then protect us from that danger. Yeah. It's insane. Matt had created a self perpetuating cycle with the devil worshippers in Frank Castle that had trapped Karen and Foggy in that cycle with him. His actions for and again within perfect knowledge. Like it's one yeah. it's one thing to endanger someone's life and they're a lot. they're supporting you, but to just do it that's pretty yeah. ballsy, Matt. Uh, Anyway, his actions for the quote-unquote greater good have sabotaged the good of the castle case, and you can say the firm by extension, and also his friendship with Foggy and his budding relationship with Karen. Matt, with his quote-unquote superior sense of morals and religious belief, have created a selfishness within the selfishness. I think it's really relevant to say that heroism as we see it in Matt or Frank comes with a sense of superiority, a complex that I think Foggy has hit on the head. When you just look at the way that Matt talks about his city and his job, he's no different than Frank. In the inverse of Fisk, the sense of possession and protectiveness are things that are very much insane. It has made him jaded into the more personal, rep- to the more personal repercussions of his actions, all for the sake of protecting them. Matt is so blind, no pun intended, by his desire uh, to protect the kitchen that he has allowed Foggy and Karen to be collateral damage. I personally find that slippery slope between heroism and selfishness to be an interesting one, as each sacrifice Matt makes not only affects him but those around him. And if he would decide, and, and if he would decide, if those sacrifices will continue to be worth it, how long can Matt continue to hurt Karen and Foggy and still say that he was doing it to protect them? Uh, how long would it be until he is the one they need to protect, uh, be protected from? Anything interesting you want to talk about there?
1: Yeah, I, I like the nuance of. Um... This idea of whether or not Matt is selfishly protecting this city, because a lot of the times you go back to some of these gangster movies, right? And the gangsters are always like, oh, yeah, we're going to we're going to do right by our community and we're going to all these people are going to be better off the the city. They they're doing the same thing, but there's always kind of this sense of community built into it where Mm -hmm. like it's not just their responsibility to clean up the streets. Sure. And, and that's how a community needs to work, right? Everybody needs to participate if you're going to really even call it a community. Yep. Uh, at this point, is Hell's Kitchen even a community <laughs> that Matt can save? Or has he turned it into something where it's that's just... That's a good question. His ...his thing? Like, this is... I own this, and I'm going to do as I see fit and eliminate the people who I think need to be eliminated versus, like, going to the people and saying... I'm here to help, but you ultimately have to do this for yourselves.
0: Well, so that's interesting because that's like the conservative case against government charity, right? Sure. Like you take money involuntarily from people and distribute it to causes you support, then the average person sees a poor person on the street and they're like, ugh. Don't I pay taxes, so this doesn't happen? Rather than oh God, look at this problem we have. We you need two kitchens. From both ends. We need volunteers. We need all that kind of stuff. I know, right, right. So what I'm saying, like, I think that's interesting that Matt essentially is creating, enabling people to like not,
1: yeah, m-
0: you know, be their brother's keeper because we've got the devil in hell's kitchen to protect us. So why do we need to get involved? Yeah, and he doesn't and it's, even. It's, see it's that also as it's a got problem. a corrosive effect on the police because that's something right. the sergeant was complaining that like. You know, Maloney is like, damn, you know, we're – the, the guys on the force are even kind of losing focus on what, what we're doing here. Yeah. That's – the moral questions that are asked in this que- is, is really, really cool.
1: Yeah, I don't know that they've really gone that route yet of of this being a selfish thing. Yeah. Yes, it's certainly selfish that he wants to be Daredevil versus, mm-hmm. like, wanting to be a lawyer and help out his friends. Sure. I don't know that the show has actually gone that direction of, like, he's selfish for doing what he's doing and not involving the people in Hell's Kitchen. Mm. Uh, so maybe they'll take it that direction at some point.
0: Uh, finishing up with Eli, he says, Another theme I think is important is while Matt withdraws from his friends, he merges with the Daredevil persona and with Frank's influence, i.e. the increased brutality of his fight scenes that follow us as Matt is wrecked by his loss. Mm-hmm. I think you gotta throw an electro in that stew, too. Right. Uh, Matt's no longer dividing himself from the Daredevil, and I think that is really important, because personally I feel all those self-imposed boundaries are just means to stop yourself from feeling completely complete responsibility, which once again is an important theme. Matt merging with the Daredevil is the most significant point of his arc thus far, because the first season was all about establishing that different uh, differences, creating that alternate persona, finding the balance but recognizing the space between the two. Yeah, that's, uh, I I like this kind of more literary analysis of it, mm-hmm. uh, because I feel like the Marvel Cinematic Universe is often accused of being kind of like bubblegum and pop and lightweight. Yeah. When in reality, they've already dealt with, you know, loss of friends and family, substance abuse problems, these deeper issues that I feel like are more adult than like whatever grim, dark, Frank Miller fantasy you want to conjure up. Right. You know, like, it's, you know... And this season has been perfect, but I'm struggling to think of another comic book series that maybe is not Jessica Jones that treats the superhero in this kind of deconstructive way.
1: Yeah, and I think the gloss of of just the look, like, the look and feel of Mm -hmm. a Marvel universe tends to get in the way of taking it a little too uh, bubble-gummy. Sure. Um, Whereas in Daredevil, you kind of... You bring everything down. You bring the saturation, not the saturation, yeah. but no, I, a little bit on the saturation, it, it, but the the brightness down.
0: That's what I've realized. Like when I'm taking, like when we've got a bunch of daredevils on our front page, it's dark and drab and dreary. <laughs> like I'm looking yeah. for pics from for screen caps that like are if it's not, not not in muddy, a hospital. This, but even it's not, then, it's amazing how muddy and desaturated everything is. Huh. Like the courtroom scene that I pulled out last episode, still really dark and 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 grimy hmm. for it being fully lit. It's kind of, it's, it's, I'm not, this isn't a, uh, this isn't a complaint. I'm not saying it's muddy and murky. It's intentionally so, because I I feel like you should need a shower after you get out of Hell's Kitchen.
1: Yeah, and I feel like it, it does help the themes of this show to have the visual style that it does, versus, like, having Iron Man flying around in a red and yellow suit. Sure. Having Thor in his costume, like, those are hard things to get real dark with. Yeah. Uh, Because when you do it, it's like, well, I don't know, man, I don't buy that... (laughs) The, everything's too bright and happy and like hmm.
0: I don't know you, Do you need ref- a visual style to match you're your theme. you're refuting themes. my damn thesis man um
1: yeah I don't know cause, no you know, I'm, I'm not I'm not refuting I'm agreeing like Daredevil having a darker look but what I'm saying is, is, is a good thing for the themes yeah of
0: the show. Well, I, but what I'm trying to say is I think Captain America and Iron Man have already tread pretty
1: oh oh gotcha yeah. pretty
0: dark things despite them being very bubblegummy and and shiny and reflective yeah and, and I, and I guess stuff. I don't
1: I don't really know a lot of the stuff you're talking about. If it didn't sure. happen in Iron Man or Captain America 1.
0: No, you're, you're right. Most of it happened in Iron Man 2. Okay. Captain so, America 2. There you go. Uh, all right. What well, you got to see. You got to see before we see the Civil War. Yeah. Uh,
1: not, I don't think you need to see the Iron Man shit. At least Captain America. At least the second Captain America. because I think you're digging you it. You know what? I think I saw the second, Ca- the second Iron Man. That was the one where there's the other suit. And he fights the the dude in the other suit. Yeah, yeah. That's, but that happens in every Iron Man. Not. Oh, I guess it doesn't. Oh, it's the I, you
0: lose Tony Stark. I know you've seen it because that used to be a big joke. No. Don't you lose? You right. just kicked my ass. When I say
1: the other suit, I don't mean to cobble a cobbled together piece of shit that he built in the cave. I mean an actual but proper the, Iron the first, Man. In
0: the first movie, he fought the the just
1: giant hulking Jebediah Stank or whatever the fuck his name was. That was the one where he built that in the cave, right? And no. the, and they pieced it back together. It didn't. Didn't that happen? I,
0: that's that's a. <laughs> I think you should. You know what, man? I need to rewatch all. of You it. should write movie <laughs> reviews of all the Marvel Cinematic Universe just based okay. on your memories. I would love to see that. Wait,
1: is this the one where the the dude? This is the one where Tony Stark dude? punches
0: the dude in the suit. I'm pretty sure. The dude. <laughs> uh, yes, the dude. Like the literal dude, the Jeff dude. Bridges. Yeah, yeah, okay. Jeff Bridges. And the second one is the one that had uh, Mickey Rourke. Right with lash. the tatted up uh-huh. whiplash, and it, but also had um, Don Cheadle and the most ludicrous the racing, see, like yeah, goes yeah. out on the racetrack with sure. his whip. I don't, Why not? Okay, get a little Charlie's Angels mixed in your Iron Man.
1: I background watch all this shit because I, I don't know because I, I, I just don't care. I, I, I know I,
0: I need to see a, a Jim. Jim great. Jones reviews the Marvel Cinematic maybe, Universe. Maybe we
1: should do background reviews, like <laughs> where where I go through and I, I think that'd be pretty funny.
0: Essentially, like, if your girlfriend is browsing on her cell phone beside you, or your boyfriend, because sometimes I'm that guy, uh, it, it writes a review of your favorite material. Yeah. That, would be, a, that yeah. would be a funny, like, satire site. I think so. All right. Well, speaking of satire, we have We ran... just missed
1: April Fool's with that. <sighs> it's a shame.
0: Well, next year. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, we're out of podcast. Yeah. Uh, if you'd like to send us email, feedback, you can do so at, at baldmove dot com or forums.baldmove.com. Uh, we have episode by episode descriptions. Don't forget to uh, put in a episode number or title in the subject line if you're emailing me, so I know it's getting less and less to be a problem. Uh, but uh, it helps me keep uh, you know all the emails straight and spoiler free, and and uh, m- helps me not miss stuff. Because I you know I, I went back like two weeks to get a episode six comment, so mm-hmm. I try, I do my best.
1: All right, cool. Well, we'll be back. Uh, do you want to talk about our modified schedule? I just want to remind
0: them, because I, I okay. think we need to record a drop at the beginning of the episode. We but will. yeah, just as a reminder, yeah. uh, for something that we haven't said yet in real time, uh, we are going to do the next episode, episode 2010, or 210? 2010. 2010 uh, on Friday. And then we're going to do the final three episodes as one chunk. Yeah. Um. Um, because it's, I feel like this, that's just the way we should have covered Netflix. And if I had, yeah. we were shy about announcing it, but I think it's now the time to do it. Um, everybody but us has seen everything and they're waiting for us to get to that point. So right. no more of this, uh, you know, a frond dance that we've been doing. And it uh, worked
1: really well for us with House Cards. It did. So. And
0: everybody loved it. Yeah. And if we'd have known then what we knew now, we would have gone to war with Daredevil like this. So. Uh, that's what we're going to do next Monday this this upcoming Monday we'll have the final three episodes uh, potentially a wrap up after that if it's warranted by the final three episodes and feedback yeah, but we reserve maybe. the right to just have the final one um, Right. so I feel like most people have seen it so if you got your final thoughts send them in the Daredevil ladle- labeled as such and we might just have a, a colossal wrap up episode
1: alright cool well we'll see you guys on Friday regardless and until then I'm Jim I'm a bye